This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by TriBest, making healthy living easy. My first juicer over 26 years ago was a TriBest Green Star. They've always been the best. They always will be the best. The only juicers we use and recommend. Get yours today. Well, welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome to another edition of Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. On today's show, we've got Quentin Venny. He's a wellness expert, motivational speaker, and author of the best-selling memoir, Strong in the Broken Places, a memoir of addiction and redemption through wellness. He's here. He'll be right here right after this. So stay tuned for a special interview with Quentin Venny. Here's another Juice Guru approved product. Hey there, Juice Guru tribe. Here at Juice Guru, we've tried a lot of juicers. Pretty much just about every juicer on the market, in fact. But the one we've chosen as our absolute favorite for the last three years in a row has been the TriBest Slow Star. Order your own at the Juice Guru tribe discount by visiting our website at juiceguru.com. TriBest Slow Star makes healthy living easy. Get one today. Juice Guru Radio. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. We've got Quentin Venny here. Like I said, he's a wellness expert, motivational speaker. His new book, Strong in the Broken Places, a memoir of addiction and redemption through wellness, already a bestseller. Uh, his transformation has inspired thousands worldwide. Uh, at raising global awareness of anxiety, depression, and addiction. And his story is going to inspire you too. Let's welcome to Juice Crew Radio right now, Quentin Venny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So glad to be here. How are you? Quentin, thank you. I, you know, I didn't want to share your story in the bio. I wanted you to take us back to where you were and where you've, what you've gone through to get to where you are today. Well, um, I was born and raised in Baltimore. Uh, my father was a heroin addict, so I was raised by a single mother. He spent the majority of my life, you know, either in the streets or in prison. Um, you know, grew up I'd like to say on both sides of the economic spectrum, I, you know, grew up in a pretty rough environment in West Baltimore, uh, but went to schools in the, in the suburbs of, of Baltimore County. So, you know, I was able to have, um, the experience of both sides. Uh, when I was 14, I was diagnosed with, uh, acute anxiety and, and depression. Uh, they wanted to put me on Prozac at the time. Uh, my mother told them, you know, that was a no go. So I spent essentially the next 12 years of my life just figuring it out. You know, being a teen and young adult, just trying to figure my life out. And then uh, when I was 26, I was diagnosed with uh, severe generalized anxiety and panic disorder and major to, and mild to severe major depressive disorder. Uh, again, I, the first course of, of treatment was medication. Um, at that time, I, I accepted it, you know, uh, you know and um, ended up with a two-year addiction to prescription medication. Uh, overdosed on a combination of anxiety pills and Vicodin, uh, survived an accidental overdose, survived, uh, two failed suicide attempts, uh, and then found, uh, my, my own level of health, healing, and sustainability, um, through what I consider to be my trinity of wellness, which is yoga, meditation, and juicing. And, uh, uh as a result, I was successfully able to, um, you know, rid myself of all medication. Uh, as well as heal, heal some other things, you know, like acne and, you know, all kinds of things, uh, through, um, through my diet and through juicing. Um, and, uh, you know, just recently wrote a, wrote my first book, uh, detailing, you know, everything that I just explained. 
Really amazing. And, you know, when we hear about disorders of the brain, you know, I remember hearing this story once where, you know, a lot of times people try to ignore it, you know, when there's depression or anxiety, because it's not a physical thing we can see. So they don't really like Mm -hmm. to, but it's just like any other disease, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, essentially, I think it needs to be treated with a level of priority. I mean, in our culture, in our society, and even in my community, you know, mental health is, is only something that's just beginning to, to have a dialogue. You know, it's not something that was ever really talked about or discussed, you know, publicly. You know, you didn't, like, walk down the street and say, hey, Steve, I'm going through some depression today. Can we talk about it? You know, uh, that, was, that was, you know, very rarely the, uh, the subject of conversation. It's something that most people don't understand, um, especially if they've never experienced it. And, and generally, it's not as easy as just, get over it, everything will be okay. I mean, if it was that simple, you know, we wouldn't need these types of discussions. Well, of course, we're excited to hear about how juicing played a role. So how did you, you know, get introduced to juicing and, and, and what did that start to do for your transformation? Well, I actually got into juicing uh, right after um, I watched the documentary. Uh, so Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead with Joe Cross. Um, and then I watched Crazy Sex of Cancer with Chris Carr. And, you know, the, the, the two commonalities were juicing and lifestyle adjustment. You know, you had, you know, Joe Cross, this Australian guy who was overweight, had autoimmune disease. He went on a 60-day, 90-day juice fast and lost weight, you know, got off the medication, so on and so forth. So, you know, after my second failed suicide attempt, that's when I, I realized that even left to my own vices, I couldn't kill myself correctly. So I was obviously here for something and I needed to, to take the responsibility and finding out what that was. So, you know, the first step for me was research and, you know, looking at the things that I was putting into my body and how that was contributing to uh, my mental health and just my overall well-being. And uh, once I started like researching the, the food industry and, and, you know, the medical industry, and, and then I just I came across those two documentaries and, uh, you know, needless to say, you know, immediately following that, I went to my 24-hour Walmart and I bought my first juicer. And what did you first notice initially when you first started juicing and getting all those nutrients in your body? What was, what was the initial awakening that you uh, tuned into at that point? Well, in- initially, the first few juices that I tried were disgusting. I mean, I didn't really, <laughs> you know, have the, uh, I didn't really have the, uh, the process down. I would like you know, juice different things and I would have like four or five different glasses and I would pour, you know, small amounts to try to figure it out. I had no idea what I was doing. But once I actually got uh, accustomed to, to the process, um, you know, the first thing that I realized was this uh, abundance of energy that I'd never felt, you know, like I, prior to that, I was a big caffeine guy. I was a latte a day type of dude. I used to, you know, lift weights in the gym. I was training uh, for a men's physique competition at one point. So I was consuming well over 450 milligrams of caffeine every day, you know, in pre-workouts and coffee and everything else. And this was an energy that I felt that I never felt before. It was different than the caffeine high. It was different than anything else I'd experienced. Um, and, and at the time I was still a, a heavy smoker too. So, you know, I'm waking up every day and the first thing that I would grab would usually be a pill, you know, my, my pill bottle or, you know, a cigarette or a combination of the two. And now this was shifting and, and I felt like I didn't need anything else automatically, you know, to, 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 to substitute those, to substitute the juicing. It's like the juicing came in and, you know, I just felt, you know, just an incredible sense of, of well-being, uh, an incredible sense of energy, of, of 
you know, of, uh, of just being like open-minded to, to possibility, I think for the first time in my life. And then how did it progress from there? So you brought in these other pillars like meditation and yoga, what role did they play and, and how are they part of your life now? Uh, I mean, it, there's still a, a huge part of my life. Um, I think, you know, it's a, it was a combination of all three that really helped uh, get me to where I am right now. I mean, the juicing was definitely the start. I had to, you know, adjust what I was putting into my body, um, you know, which helped my body help, uh, helped my body heal physically. Um, the, the yoga, because I had my first panic attack in the gym, you know, I was no longer physically active. Anything that would spike my heart rate was something I wasn't interested in doing. So the yoga actually helped me get back to being physical without um, excessively doing it, you know, to, to kind of like force anxiety or panic or anything like that. And then meditation just helped calm my mind and it put me in a, a, a space of, you know, of, of just being present. You know, I'm a firm believer that anxiety resides in the future and depression resides in the past. And as long as we can stay present, you know, then we can we're 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 in a world where neither one of those two things can exist. Um, you know, so that essentially that was the process. And how are you including juicing in the routine now? Are you juicing every day? Do you do juice cleanses? And what is your favorite juice? I haven't done a juice cleanse uh, up to this point. Um, I wouldn't, well, not like a three or four day cleanse. I'll, I'll fast for like a day. And yeah, my favorite green juice uh, recipe is uh, like kale, spinach, celery, ginger, cucumber, and apple. Um, and then my secondary juice that I do is uh, oranges, uh, apples, turmeric root, and ginger root. So working with people, inspiring them now, where do you start? You know, if people are trying to overcome addictions and, you know, get off medications and what, what's the starting point for you as far as inspiring people and getting them down the path that you're, you know, that you've awoken to? For me, I think the starting point is acceptance. You know, I think, you know, for me, the hardest thing to do was to accept that I was an addict you know, uh, was to accept that I did have a mental health issue, was to accept that I needed help and I needed to change. You know, once I acknowledged for myself that, you know, these things were necessary, um, the next step was just doing it. You know, it's like we always sit back and we, we wonder how, right? Like I get asked all the time, like, well, how did you do it? I don't know how I did it. I just did it. You know, I feel, I feel like the, the answer to the how is always in the doing. It, it doesn't matter what the path looks like. It doesn't matter if it looks exactly like mine or exactly like yours or anyone else's. As long as we're putting one foot in front of the other every day and we're moving in the direction that we want our lives to go in, inevitably it will happen. You know, I, I didn't think that I was going to be a juicer or do yoga or meditate or write a book or, you know, be having this conversation with you. My main goal five, six years ago when I started was to heal myself because I realized that I had a problem and I realized that I needed to be here for my children. I needed to be here. I was obviously here for something greater. And, um, and, and once I accepted that responsibility, you know, it was nothing for me to just push forward and just do what was necessary to get to that point. Are there struggles now on the day to day? Like, do you fall into a, a relapse of depression or anxiety or, and, and where are you with the medications today? Uh, as far as medication is concerned, I don't take any, um, you know, if I take anything, it may be a Motrin for, you know, a, a migraine or something like that, which I rarely get. 
Um, you know, I, I have tendonitis in my wrist, so the turmeric juices definitely help with that. Uh, as far as, um, uh, I forgot the other question. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, just, I was asking where you are today as far as the, um, relapses into depression or anxiety or, or any of those things occurring. Um, I think anxiety and depression are things that can't be eradicated. They're things that will always need to be managed. Um, and which is one of the reasons why I didn't really like the medication because the medication just put a bandaid on, you know, the, the actual root cause of what it was that I was experiencing. So yes, I will still have moments where, you know, I wake up and, and feel depressed and some days are better than the other, uh, are better than others. And, and, you know, when I have those moments, you know, some, I give myself permission to be human. I give myself permission to feel my feelings, which is something I never did before. So there may be days where I shut my phone off and I shut myself off to the world and I lock myself in my room and I allow myself to just go through that process, you know. Um, and then the day after that, I get up and, you know, pardon my language, but I kick myself in the, in the butt and ass and, and I keep going. <laughs> You know, um, you know, I don't allow myself to, to, to wallow in my own sorrow. You know, there's a difference between, you know, pain and suffering. And, you know, suffering is a mindset. Suffering is when you allow that pain or discomfort to permeate every area of your life. And because I know what it's like to sleep in my car because I'm afraid of, you know, of having a panic attack. A panic attack. I've slept in my car in the parking lot of my emergency room hospital. I know what it's like to be rushed into the hospital and have medicine and needles and all kind of things stuck into your body and you don't know what's going on. I know what that feels like. And I'll never allow myself to go back to that point. So, you know, I allow myself to be a human, to feel my feelings, to experience everything that I'm experiencing in that moment. And then I just kind of move forward. And I, I also believe that having a a good support system is always, you know, is always important, you know, uh, having positive people around you that can help you identify certain things that you may not because they have a certain vantage point that you don't, you know, and being willing and, and open to accepting that assistance. I mean, it's an important conversation when you look at depression today, celebrities like Robin Williams or Chris Cornell from Soundgarden who both took their own lives and got into that dark place. And, um, but not a lot of people are talking about solution, a natural solution to it. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, the most important part. I mean, you know, a lot of us, we, 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 we seek for happiness and success. And oftentimes we don't know what either of those things look like because we're looking for it from an external source, you know? Um, so that's why you can have a person like Robin Williams, God rest his soul, who had, you know, seemingly had everything anyone would ever want and was still unhappy. You know, um, you say you, you suffer the same thing with Heath Ledger. You know, you had the same thing with Corey Monteith. You had, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, who was also taking benzodiazepines for anxiety, among a bunch of other things. And Prince. You know, so yeah, Prince, Prince to, too. And, and Prince. Exactly. You know, so it's like we, we, you know, we have to start having these, you know, uh, difficult conversations. And we need to look at things. And, I, and again, I'm not anti-medication. I'm not telling anyone not to take medicine, but we have to start taking a bit more initiative in the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, to really help our lives, uh, you know, all the way around. So what led to the epiphany of like going down this path of like, I'm going to write this book. And again, if you're just tuning in, the name of the book is Strong in the Broken Places, A Memoir of Addiction and Redemption Through Wellness. I know it's up on Amazon. It's up on your website too. 
Yes, it's on Amazon. It's on my website. It's at Target, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold in the U.S. and Canada, uh, as well as Australia and the U.K. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much, you know, everywhere. And what, what led me to, to wanting to, to tell my story, like generally I'm a very private person. You know, I've, I've always been that way. I've always been, you know, kind of stayed to myself, didn't really like a bunch of uh, attention or anything like that. But I started writing uh, for Mind, Body, Green uh, a few years ago, and I, I started telling my story. And it took a lot for me to even start telling the story. But the first thing that I wrote was, you know, how I um, uh, swapped pain pills for green juice. And I didn't think that anybody would want to hear my story. I didn't, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just a typical guy from Baltimore. You know, I went through some things. Nobody's going to really care. And I was wrong. And I, and I realized that with that article, there were a lot of people that were going through something very similar to what I was going through, or they were in the beginning stages of their journey and wanted to know how I did it or, you know, what led me down that road. And so I started telling more and more of my story. And I just felt like I reached a point where, it was, you know, like I had to tell it in its entirety, you know, giving fragmented pieces of this story was, was helping, you know, thousands of people, but I felt like it was limited and I felt like it was necessary for me to tell, you know, my story from beginning, you know, to, to, to where I am right now. And the, the book starts off, you know, I'm 10 years old in my grandmother's house. And that was the day that I found out that my father was, a, a, was addicted to heroin. Wow. Uh, amazing. And it's such an inspiration. So take us to where you are now as far as projects, uh, goals, and your plans for the future. Well, right now, you know, my, my goal is to really continue to uh, push and promote the book as, you know, to as many people as possible. Um, you know, I think regardless of your background, regardless of your experiences, you know, one thing that we share as humans is a level of relatability. And, you know, we all, we, all share, we all share some level of struggle, you know, uh, some level of triumph. And, um, you know, that's my intention, you know, with, with, uh, with the book. So um, outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot more speaking engagements at wellness conferences, telling the story, opening the conversation, having the dialogue about anxiety, about mental health, about yoga, meditation. And, you know, like when you, when you really sit back and look at it, I've, I, you know, I've never considered myself like the picture perfect you know, pillar of health and, and of wellness, you know, and because of that, I feel like I can relate to people in a different way. You know, I don't have a, a, a degree in medicine and, you know, all of this other kind of stuff. Like I just have firsthand experience. And, you know, my goal is to uh, continue to, to share that experience and to con uh, continue to, to grow that relatability. I want to get into schools. I have an event in Friday, uh, on Friday where I'm doing a, a, in Baltimore at a, a school in East Baltimore for middle school girls. Um, where I'm doing a, a juicing uh, demonstration and teaching them about juicing and, you know, the importance of meditation and how it can, you know, help them in their day-to-day -day lives. You know, I want to continue to, like, grow and, 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 and work with kids as well as adults, but, you know, mainly kids because I feel like if, if I had these resources when I was coming up, you know, I would be – life would be so much – it would be different for me. I wouldn't have had to experience – what I did. And because I did, um, now it's my responsibility to, to help other people, uh, to, to make sure that other people don't have to. You're listening to Quentin Venny right here on Juice Guru Radio. We're going to open up for some questions. You have to be part of Juice Guru Academy for that at juiceguruacademy.com. Uh, before we close out the, uh, the formal part of the show, Quentin, anything to say for those just, you know, awakening to this idea of 
uh, you know, I, okay, maybe I'll start juicing and I'd really like to get off those meds. Any, what is your, I mean, you did say acceptance, right? That was the first thing, but any other words of advice to continue along the path that you've found to really help change your life? Uh, consistency. You know, it's uh, like I said, you know, when I first, uh, you know, when I first started, the first few juices I made were, were, were awful. I mean, they were the worst things that I've had in my life. It was like, I, you know, I've, I've, I, I would rather take a shot of, you know, corn liquor and drink some of these juices that I tried. But I knew that um, if it worked for them, it would work for me. And, you know, I, I was diligent in that. And, 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 I, and I stayed consistent, you know. And, you know, consistency breeds habit. And, and habits change behaviors, right? And behaviors change our lives. So if anything, if you're just starting this, this, this journey, you know, don't, don't quit at one or two juices and just say, hey, this is not for me. You know, try different things. You know, some people like juices with no fruit. Some people like juices with more fruit. I would rather a person have a juice with three apples in it than go and buy a Coke. You know, so, you know, just, just stay consistent, stay diligent, you know, stay purposeful, trust the process. It's all a process. Healing is not a destination. Healing is a journey. And you have to find a way to enjoy that journey. Uh, regardless of what your goals are, you know, you're going to hit your goals and you're going to exceed those, you know, and, and once you hit those goals, you'll have more goals and more goals. It's, it's, a, it's a constant process. So, you know, trust the process, enjoy the journey, um, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you'll, you'll experience a, a world that you never knew. Quentin Vinny right here on Juice Crew Radio. Thank you again for being here. And we're going to have the links up at our website at juicecrewradio.com so you can find his book and his website and more to follow the work of Quentin. Such an inspiration. Thank you, Quentin. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you next time on Juice Guru Radio. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.